I gotta say, I went to a concert last night, and it's very rare for me, well, it's not that rare for me, but on a Monday night, a school night, to go out uh, and get it going was, A, a really good time, and B, made for a very early morning today, that uh, 345 alarm clock went off, and it's kind of stunk. <laughs> but uh, feeling really good today as uh, tonight, last night was an absolute blast. Was at the Sylvie and got to see uh, a lot of bands that um, uh, when I was obviously a lot younger was uh, growing up listening to. 1999 was a lot of these bands came out and they were talking about unbelievable that it was a sold out show at the Sylvie last night to have everyone that's been with them since 99, uh, even before that, to uh, being 2024. Again, on a Monday night and getting a lot older and uh, having a, to do a lot more to get there than 1999, uh, where it was probably $15 for a ticket to see these three bands. As last night, uh, a sold-out show, a lot more than $15 to see these three bands, and it was uh, new metal. I know a lot of people are, um, a lot of older guys are like, you know, I don't get down with the new metal. For me, it was uh, my formative years of listening to music. A band called Dope, a band called Seven Dust, and then a band called Sev- uh, Static X. It was absolutely incredible last night. A sold-out show. And here's what I like about getting older and liking some of these bands as you get older. Some bands get it. Some bands get it. The doors opened at 5 o'clock. The first band, the opener before Dope, was on at 6.15. Static X, the headliner, finished at 10.30. That is absolutely incredible. Because usually the headliner doesn't get on till uh, like nine nine fifteen, and then won't end until eleven eleven thirty. Maybe sometimes a little later if uh, they can skirt by some of the bylaws around here, and the Sylvie doesn't tell them or the concert venue you know doesn't kick them off. Ten thirty, the concert ends. Absolutely incredible. Was able to get home and get to bed before eleven o'clock. That, my friends, is how you do a show. Other bands out there, take notes. Or like Bob Weir, for example, the Grateful Dead guitarist. He's in his 70s. Now, that dude, I had to leave the concert when he was here at the Sylvie uh, months ago. He was still playing past 11 o'clock. And Bob Weir is, I'd have to Google his age. I got to say he's 73. He's, I just Googled it. He's 76 years old. The dude was playing, I think, till 1130. I'm, it was a, a weeknight. I had to tap out. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm getting out of here. I got to go. Bob Weir, 76. Now, he's different from what I was just talking about, about people realizing and recognizing the crowd. But those deadheads are a little different of an uh, animal than some of us other folk. So, yeah, Bob Weir was playing till 11, 11.30. I, I left after 11. But last night, 10.30, that is how you do a concert, my friends. 10.30, and I'm in bed before 11 o'clock. That, hats off. All right, we're in this... um this lull right now, this kind of weird time in sports where there's not just too much going on. You got Badger basketball, who's back tonight. It's been a week off. Uh, I know college basketball is doing its thing, but you know how excited and how amped up are you getting for college basketball right now? As you know, March is nearing. Hell, it's February 27th. March is nearing, but it's not for a while. What March uh, 21st, I think, is when um, uh, the first four go down for March Madness, so we still got a month. And then in the NBA, they're just off the All-Star break. But how ramped up do you get for NBA regular season? It does 
touch up a little bit here with the end of the All-Star break and the unofficial second half of the season. Now the Bucks have those two games under their belt. They're back in action tonight, much like the Badgers are. Badgers had a week off. Bucks already got two games back from the All-Star break. They're 2-0, and looking a lot better in the second half of the season of the Doc Rivers era. So right now, how much are you getting into NBA? Because I know a lot of people are just like ho-hum about it, and then it really doesn't ramp up until the NBA playoffs. Hell, the season, the finals are in June, so you got to wait a while to see who's a champion in that. Hopefully it's the Milwaukee Bucks, a three-seed right now in the East. And then in baseball, you just started spring training. The Brewers are three games in. They took an L yesterday, but how fired up do you get about spring training? Um, You don't. You kind of find who's going to make the roster, who's looking good with the you know throwing. Are some sticks hot for some guys that may or may not make the team? But outside of spring training, I mean, how much can you get pissed off about Craig Council talking smack about the Milwaukee Brewers as he's there looking at a Chicago Cubs saying, you know you're in a better place when he sees all the fans out there. By the way, Craig, there's a ton of fans in Maryville. You've been there many times with the Brewers. I've been there a few times myself. And every time I'm at spring training in Maryville for the Milwaukee Brewers, it is a huge crowd. And people come out in droves to see the Milwaukee Brewers in spring training. Hell, I was there when they were still shoving Hank the Dog in your face when the Brewers were awful. And guess what? That place was standing room only. There were people everywhere. There was lines, lines to get merchandise. In Maryville. And people were lining up to get Hank the Dog merchandise. If Hank the Dog's the the draw for the Brewers then, how can you say you're in a better place now? They were coming out to get swag for a dog. A dog that they found on the streets of Phoenix. So you got spring training right now in this little lull. And then the NFL. You're waiting for the draft to see what's going to happen. You're waiting for some moves to go down. Uh, what will happen uh, for the franchise today? Well, that's coming gone. You know, will the Packers be cutting anyone? We got that going out there. But I guess you got the NFL Combine today. So the NFL Combine, um, well, this week, I should say, just not today. Started yesterday. Uh, really good underway. The Underwear Olympics uh, coming up here on Thursday. So we're in, this, we're in this little lull of sports right now where you need something. And what we're getting right now, I guess it's more so out of college basketball, is just these takes, these weird, bizarre takes about storming the court. We talked about storming the court yesterday. You know, it's, it's part of the game. It's special when it happens, when it's deserved to happen. You don't want to see anyone get hurt. But how many times have you ever seen anyone get hurt on the court? Now, Caitlin Clark, earlier in the year, she got a little shoulder to her. Uh, might have initiated some contact. She didn't, didn't get really hurt. Maybe a little phase for a second. She didn't get hurt. That's the big name right now for... Court storming of like, oh, we got to ban this. Well, then you had Duke over the weekend, right? Wake Forest beats Duke. Filipowski, the big man for Duke, he sprains his ankle. And if you watch the video, I'm not blaming the guy, but he kind of initiated the contact. He stuck his leg out and he shoved the guy and then he hurt his ankle when he tried to, you know, trip the guy. And now you have in this lull of sports where not much is going on, people got a little too much time to overthink some things. And we have just bizarre takes starting to come out now of storming the court. And some of these people are really simping for banning it, uh, simping for Duke. It's getting a little bizarre. Jay Billis had a very 
intriguing take, bizarre take, wild take. No, we were joking around yesterday on the show talking about, like, what are you going to do with storming the court? Like, what are you going to do? How are you going to fix it? How are you going to, I'm not saying stop it. We had audio from Shaka Smart saying, you can't stop it. You can't ban it. That makes what the game special. Having these college kids out there joining with their team that they root for to cheer for a big win. Now, I think storming the court has jumped the shark a little bit. When you're storming the court on a team that's ranked in the teens or even the 20s and you're unranked, that's a little strange. I have a thought it was reserved for if you're the number one team in the country, maybe top five, or it's a rival you haven't beaten in uh, eons. I, I can understand it. But Jay Billis, back to Jay Billis, bizarre take here on storming the court. When we were joking around yesterday... Uh, what we were talking about, uh, Hell in a Cell, putting a giant cage on the court. I think our guy Kinger was asking about, uh, King, did you say a security guard just give him with cattle prods? Was, w- did you say that or am I making that up? <laughs> just, just, just a wall of people with cattle prods? Also, you know, building a wall around it? You know, what's more open? The court or the border? Build a wall around it? Well, Jay Billis has... Uh, Something very bizarre. Could you see this happening? Oh, sorry, King. That was, yes, King said that was someone else that said cattle prods. What was your idea again, King? Remind me. Jay Billis said this. This is the lull in sports. This is the weird and bizarre takes that we get when not much is going on. And But the truth is, nothing's going to change now. We're going to talk about it. It's going to go away. And nothing's going to change. And if they wanted to stop it, they could stop it tomorrow. Uh, the, the, the administrators will tell you that uh, security experts tell them that it's not it's not a good idea to try to stop the court storming, that that could cause more problems than it would solve. But you don't have to stop the court storming one time. All you have to do is once they're on the court, don't let them off. Just just say you're all detained and give them all citations or arrest them if you want to. And then court stormings will stop the next day. Um, there's no accountability for this. It, it, the fans feel like it's an entitlement, and the universities like it, and the truth is we like it. Now, one last thing on this. Arrest them. Detain them. When they get on the court, don't let them leave. Send out the 5-0 and arrest every single one of the court stormers. That, my friends is wildly bizarre to <laughs> to get these people, keep them on the court, and then bring out the handcuffs and arrest every single one of them. One of them. Arrest them. Jay Billis. What? Are you... What? Now, keep in mind, Jay Billis played for, you know, the Duke Blue Devils. A player and a coach under Coach K for Jay Billis. Of course, he's going to simp for Duke because a Duke player got hurt by initiating the contact, and the Duke guys are going to come out and lose their minds about how to protect Duke by arresting every single person who stormed the court. What? This is a bizarre take, wild take. How have we come to this where storming the court went to a special moment to arresting every single one of them on the court? And then you got Seth Davis out there. Seth Davis talking about, and this is something I wanted to get into later in the show. Seth Davis talking about how can you never see court storming in NBA games? He says, are those fans more measured? Are they less enthusiastic? He says, no, it's because NBA, 
lets everyone know that if you step on the court, you will leave the arena in handcuffs. It's really that easy. My man Seth Davis, when did NBA teams get a student section? Again, I ask, when did the NBA get a student section? (laughs) In the NBA, you are there watching multi-millionaires play a game, and there are no upsets in the NBA. Now, I know you can say, yeah, like the eight seed beat the Milwaukee Bucks last year, the number one seed in the playoffs. I didn't see a a storming of the court, excuse me. But again, these are multi-millionaires. They are all professionals playing the game of basketball. There are really no quote-unquote upsets like in college in the NBA. People are losing their minds with this lull in sports. We need more sports back right now. We need something a little more than just regular season NBA. And the, the waning moments here of, Mar- or of college basketball until we hit the conference tournaments and March Madness. Also, I would argue that NBA fans are a little less enthusiastic than college basketball fans as well, Seth Davis. That's why also you don't see storming of the court in NBA. Again, you are watching multi-millionaire professionals get underway that, again, aren't students. And in college basketball, you see students, college athletes with a student section who go to that same college get very inspired. And if they do happen to storm the court, again, they are students in a student section. I can't believe we're talking about why don't we see NBA court stormings but we see NCAA, college basketball court stormings. It's, it's wild to me. Crazy, Hockey over the weekend. Craziest stat. For the Big Ten title. Craziest stat I've heard so far about what could happen this weekend. This could be the first time. The Big Ten title. The Badgers have a, well, it is the first time the Badgers have a chance to win the conference championship at home since 1990. Oh, dude. So, I mean, we're lo- I mean, we could talk to the, Bear. the guy who did it last. Barry. Barry. I I know you listen around this time, brother. You got to he's got to come in. Or he's got to at least phone in. Yeah. Barry. That is incredible since 1990. Since 1990. Oh, baby. It's the first time Wisconsin can win has a chance to win a conference regular season crown at home. Yeah, I got the um, um Wisconsin hockey. I got a an email yesterday, uh, and they always have like a note of the day. Yeah, and it, it, that little tidbit you said, RJ, is in that note. But Wisconsin owns four regular season conference championships, with the most recent coming in twenty twenty one at Michigan State. Yeah, Cole Cole Caulfield uh, scored two goals in that <sighs> to to uh, to cinch it. Yeah, cinch it. Clinch it. Clinch it. I like cinch too. But UW also won the. Yeah, sorry. I don't know if you remember those. Watched either of those two games. The game he scored the two goals in. Two of them were. I mean, it's both goals. Uh, One of them was almost from like behind the net, but like from a distance, and he curved the puck in. Oh, I remember that too. And you're looking like it was legit. a, A shot. I have. I still don't know how it went in to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still watching the tape and don't get it. I don't understand it. But yeah, Wisconsin owns four regular season conference championships. The most recent, 2021, at Michigan State. Funny now, Michigan State is coming to the Cole Center over the weekend. UW also won the WCHA in 2000 at Minnesota. Take that, Gophers. The Badgers' most recent home title came 1990 
when the Badgers skated to an overtime victory over North Dakota at the Dane County Coliseum. See, and, and one more little tidbit. UW also won its 1977 WCHA title at the Coliseum. So uh, it, it's kind of funny. The regular season titles, which, I mean, it's cool, but doesn't really mean anything because your automatic bid, just like basketball, is the conference tournament. Um, in Wisconsin being a blue blood in hockey... And the amount of tournament appearances they've had, because, I mean, through the 70s, 80s, and 90s, I mean, they pretty much were in a majority of the NCAA tournaments. Even the early 2000s, you know? Um, It wasn't until recently where, since, like, 2010, you've only been in four NCAA tournaments. Mm -hmm. Before that, um, I don't even know how, for, like... I mean, throughout the 70s, they made like five or six of them, 80s as well. Yeah. Um, in the 90s, it was one of those where at least every few years, I remember going to, you know, a playoff game and then watching the Badgers on TV because it was like one of the few times you got them on TV is when they made the NCAA tournament and that started getting on TV. But like, only four regular season titles. <laughs> and it's crazy. For a team when you read it, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't seem real. For a team that's won six NCAA championships and has made the NCAA tournament as many times as they had. Four regular season titles. And uh, breaking news, Barry Richter just texted me. He's listening. We love you, Bear. He said, I will be on, boys. We'll set up the time. Mm. We'll get her going with uh, the, the, the Prince of Wisconsin Hockey, our guy, Barry Richter. Love it, Bear. Can't wait to see you, buddy. Uh, but yeah, um... So for the fans, now, RJ, you got your tickets, right? And I know you said your buddies are going. Yep. So um, Wisconsin Hockey also this weekend, The let's see here. They want to say thank you to all the fans for loyal support over the previous 75 seasons. The first 5,000 fans in attendance will receive a 75 seasons of Wisconsin Hockey rally towel. That's Friday night. Yep, Friday yep. night. Friday night, baby. And then Saturday is Senior Day. So UW seniors on the team will be honored during a pregame ceremony. And fans will also be able to join the Crease Creatures for a pregame live stream outside of Section 116. So Badgers were picked to finish. That was the note pre-game live stream. I don't know. <laughs> the Badgers were uh, picked to finish fifth in the Big Ten standings after placing seventh you know, the previous year. So the Badgers will finish at least uh, the top two yep. of the Big Ten standings. And they already clinched at least one home playoff game. So this weekend is going to be absolutely huge. We talked about this yesterday, too. You can do the Wisconsin three-step. You can do... I mean, the the weird thing, though, is if... And you don't want to put it out there, but if Friday goes sideways, Saturday doesn't matter. Um, Oh, it ain't going sideways, baby. Yeah, but like, it's... Yeah. But yeah, the Saturday three-step. Sorry to interrupt. Yep. No, no, no. You're fine. Uh, Saturday three-step. Noon, Badger basketball against now 13th ranked Illinois. Yep. Wisconsin women's hockey at four. Yep. And Wisconsin men's hockey, men's hockey at eight. Yeah. Get ready, baby. Um, hell of a weekend. And very excited to get you in. I just can't believe um, that stat that you said. Like four, just four conference championships. Yeah. And the last home one was. season. Yeah. yeah. And the last home one was 1990 when they did Yeah. It. So uh, I can't wait to reminisce with Bear. Uh, about it all. Going to be crazy. And your friend, you said RJ, is so inspired. He's never been to a hockey game before. Well, I mean, he probably has. It's just been a long time. But he we bought got a, four we got tickets. text out of the blue. Yeah. He's like, dude, and I'm we're coming. Like, we're like, what? <laughs> I think uh, 13 conference tournament championships. Um, And so even then, look at all the... Like, that just shows you how good of a team Wisconsin has been historically. Yeah. For... Th- 
to have six national championships, 13 automatic bids in that time since they came back in 62, something like that. But since the modern era began in the early 60s, like, they're pretty darn good. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, and well, you know, it's, we keep saying this too about Badger basketball. It's a bummer with the COVID when no fans were like in to watch it. And then you got in the playoffs and they had that bad ice. And, uh, you know, yeah. you had all that talent in there. It's just a shame that no one was uh, there to watch it. I remember watching it uh, on TV and just getting just, just ramped up. Well, it, yeah, I got pissed for watching just slush all over the place and them not just suspending the game and going. Like literally, that game should not have been played. Yeah, um, bad ice, but not to make an excuse, but it was. But like, I I remember Barry coming in after talking about that and goes, they had to play on the ice too. Yeah, and they seemed to not have an issue because I feel like they were just ripping goals. Yeah, I can't remember what the score was, but they weren't having a problem moving the puck. And um, <laughs> speaking of uh, things that we have problems with, I you know we we brushed on this yesterday, but I saw this is a, a Ben Wargle tweet. Said number four Wisconsin host number six Michigan State Friday and Saturday with the Big Ten on the line, right? They flipped, by the way. Well, uh, in in what? In the rankings, the rankings yeah. Because they, they were four, uh, Michigan six. State was fourth last week. Yeah, they know. Um, just a little flipperuski. Yeah, but the games aren't even on television. No, they're playing Minnesota, Michigan. Yeah, the games aren't even on television. Like, I, this is one you need to change that. Yeah, and UW's times thought the Big Ten Network was scheduled to show last place Ohio State versus sixth place Penn State. Oh, I heard it was Michigan, Minnesota. Oh, this, this the was, teams they thought were going to be going for the. No, okay. The, yeah, this is uh, this is a Ben Wargle tweet uh, from yesterday. Big Ten Network is scheduled to show the last place Ohio State versus sixth place Penn State. How in the world do you not have a four six matchup with the Big Ten on the line? I don't. Un, I don't get it. Okay, Wisconsin hockey fans, you got to get out there. We got to get out there. Tweet at Big Ten Network and tell them they're flipping idiots. Your conference, regular season conference championship series is not going to be on TV. It's, it's The last dumb. place hockey teams are. They don't even want to watch this. No, they don't even want to be there. I mean, it's in, that's just embarrassing all around for the Big Ten Network. Yeah. Like, that's that's just, can someone step in and be like, yo, dude, why are you giving us, why are you giving us this junk when we could have, like, the main course of steak and lobster instead of giving us, like, ho-hos and, and friggin'. Chris McIntosh, if you're listening. Please call the Big Ten Network. And, yeah, I don't want. I don't want to eat a Twinkie for dinner, dude. I want to eat well, heck, a steak and lobster. The new commissioner is a TV guy from CBS. You think he doesn't want ratings? Yeah. Well, it's on. Is it on Big Ten Plus then? Yeah, it's on BTN Plus. <sighs> Another thing right? you got to buy. Another, <laughs> well, you got Big Ten Plus. Don't uh, you? Yeah, well, you're you gonna be Ten there, Plus. so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Give me your login. Dude. There you go. <laughs> Give me your login. All right. Excited to talk with Bear about it all. You gonna have the uh, the nieces sit down and watch hockey with you? <sighs> <laughs> They're in this because I got my nieces this weekend. What, I, what time do they go to bed? Game starts at eight, both nights. Well, since we're like the cool aunt and oh, uncle, that's on you know, I'm the funkle. Yep, that's and, on you. And Jen's the cool aunt. Bedtime really doesn't um, come into play, and they'll be up till like ten o'clock. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but they'll be watching some Disney movie. I can go sneak up to the other room and put it on um, uh, with your login, RJ, for Big Ten Plus, okay, and watch it, I, or just put it on my phone. Yeah. Like how many times can I watch freaking Frozen? Like I knew that, know that movie like the back of my hand. Just be watching a new type of Frozen. Oh, tell him that. Oh. oh. Hey, you want to watch Frozen three? Frozen three. Badger hockey Friday night. It's it's animation so real that it looks real. Okay. 
And <laughs> there's not a lot of singing, but you can hear some sirens. <laughs> oh, man. And here's some cool chants. Well, uh, there, that I'll, is I'll if they do chant. I'll, oh, I'll, I did see third deck tickets available. So sounds like uh, we're going to have a, a decent crowd. Should. Yeah, should. Absolutely should. All right. So, yeah, go get it going. Um, Friday. I, I mean, all hinges on Friday, right? Mm-hmm. But Saturday, I mean, I got a good feeling. And Saturday is going to be huge. Um, awesome for Wisconsin. A shame they're not on the Big Ten Network, but Big Ten Plus, sure. And speaking of other things, you, gotta, you get Peacock tonight is the Badger basketball. So we'll see how they go against Indiana. Uh, Badgers remain the basketball team, still unranked in the new AP Top 25. Um, our guy, worst Brewers fan, uh, he said take Maryland in the points. Was Maryland was uh, seven and a half dogs. They did. He said, he, he, he said, here's your lock of the week. Take Indiana in the four and a half. <laughs> uh, Indiana, losers of four in a row. Uh, again, the Badgers not in the new AP Top 25. They, Did we expect them to? I don't know. I thought, nah, yeah, that's true. They are in the others receiving votes category, uh, but ahead of them is Wake Forest, Clemson, TCU, then Texas Tech, then BYU. Uh, but your new number one belongs to Houston. And my God, Houston, they are good. I was watching them. They are ballers, dude. They play a really up-tempo pace. They are freaking really, really good. Yeah. And uh, Purdue second, UConn three, Tennessee four. Marquette? Here you go, Marquette fans. Golden Eagles cracked the top five, fifth in the nation, up two spots. Uh, Arizona sixth, Kansas seven, Iowa State eighth, North Carolina ninth, and your Dookie Blue Devils tenth. There's your top ten. Uh, Illinois has fallen to 13th. Outside of that, uh, Purdue and Illinois, no one else out of the Big Ten in the rankings. March Madness looking like they're going to get, I think, what, six teams into uh, the field right now. Down here for the Big Ten, but there's a lot of parity in, um, in college basketball right now. But, dude, Houston, they are balling, dude. They are good. They are fun to watch. So, and Purdue, uh, in case you missed it, Zach Eady, this will be his final year. Zach Eady had made it official. <laughs> he is, uh, he's not using a COVID year. He's going to be going to uh, the NBA draft, and we'll see what happens with Zach Eady. As I don't know how his game is going to translate to the NBA. It's not. But when you're that big, people will want a big body. Yeah. You won't see much out of him, but you'll, you'll want a big body down banging low. So. Is, is he going to be a pick that is a lottery pick and then considered a bust? Because, like, quite frankly... He has the size. He's not a dribbler. He doesn't leave the paint ever. And, like, who's he going to guard? Yeah, he's going to eat him alive. Yeah. Like, like, big guys now, like, like so he's 7-4. Wemby's 7-4. Could you imagine him going against Giannis or Wemby? Wemby would eat him up on the off the dribble. Yeah. Giannis, same, Giannis would just power, like, bulldoze I mean, right granted, through him. He's got, like, 100 pounds on Wemby, but... <laughs> yeah, but Wemby's got finesse. Right. Wemby's got, like, touch. Wemby can play away from the basket. Yeah. Zach Eady... He's got to be, I, like, he's got to be, like, an arm wingspan away, a 7'10 yeah. wingspan away from the basket. Like, and I'm not saying... He can go over to Europe and probably have a good career. Oh, yeah. Well, he'll get... Much like every Wisconsin player ever. <laughs> yeah, right. But, like, I, I just don't see... Him translating well into the this NBA. No, neither. Yeah, same. Um, speaking of the Badgers, uh, there was a, a mock draft out there. Um, AJ Store is getting a little love. Uh, he's no. listed at number fifty-four, though, for the twenty twenty-five mock draft that ESPN put out. Listed at fifty-four. AJ Store. I mean, I would say AJ Store could have a. I was to say a more fruitful NBA career maybe than Zach Eady, but Zach Eady's got the size. I mean, Zach Eady will stick around just because he's big. AJ Store's got to be able to work on that three point uh, three point shot. 
I mean, he can slash, he can cut to the hoop, obviously, but that three's not falling right now. It's not his his three point is jumper ain't wet right now, RJ, as they would say. <laughs> it's not wet right now, as they would say. As uh, I was listening to Allen Iverson <laughs> talking about um, the NBA, and AI was talking about how Luca Luca Doncic is got just a wet jumper. I love when AI talks talking about <laughs> the, the jumper being wet, and how Luca Doncic is just a, a phenom, his favorite player right now. And also saying that Kyrie Irving's got the best ball uh, ball handling skills in the history of the NBA. I was like, damn, Kyrie? Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. AI. Okay, AI. Happy high 60, maybe low 70s on February 27th. It is absolutely amazing. I'm all in. I'm sold. I'm sold on the weather. Uh, speaking of amazing, this guy right here, our sports director, Zach Halpern. Zach, what's up, brother? Good morning. Enjoy it while you got it, right? I mean, I... <laughs> Is it supposed to like drop to like nineteen tomorrow? Yeah, but then it goes back up again, man. The weekends in the sixties again. I am, I'm, 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 I'm all in, dude. I've, I've bought in. For sure. Taylor Swift can sure. fly her jet around as much as she wants. I am sold, dude. It's yesterday it's, was yesterday was perfect. I know. Um, so you, uh, I mean, we were talking in the office yesterday, and like, oh, I forgot I had a, a date with Greg Gard down at uh, practice Ooh. there. But Zach, I. I was at a concert last night at the Sylvie. It was, uh, it was Static X, uh, Seven Dust, and the band Dope. It was unbelievable. The, the, the vibes were immaculate. It was crazy. But you um, reminded me of something. It was a hell of a day in Madison. What was going on at the Cole Center besides uh, Badger practice nearby? So I go down there. I'm looking around. I'm seeing a lot of like people not being allowed into the Cole Centers, people being parked here, being parked there being told I can go here, I can't go there. Apparently, Journey was at the Cole Center last night, which I'm sure uh, a lot of people went and saw. I'm sure it was an amazing concert, but yeah. I had no idea, so um, it, it caught me off guard a little bit. There was a merchandise truck outside. I got a, I got a few things, but um, didn't get a chance to get them signed, so oh, that's unfortunate. Damn, damn, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I mean, Journey... I'm sure, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you could have gotten me backstage passes, but... I could have. I saw Journey um, at the Coliseum many years ago, and it was freaking awesome, dude. I was front. I was front row, the first row. It was wild. Yep. The singer blew my wife a kiss. It was. It was. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, but next time Journey's around, Zach, I'll make sure to get you backstage to get your gear signed. Okay, uh, you know their yep, their their big hit, "Don't Stop Believing." And how about this? Uh, "Don't Stop Believing" in the Badgers. Ooh. Indiana tonight against the Hoosiers in Bloomington. Zach, what was the uh, a week off? God, it's felt like forever. A week off. Uh, what was Gardo talking about at practice yesterday and their uh, their time off here as they prepare for Bloomington, uh, Indiana and Bloomington? What were they doing with their seven days? Yeah, you would think that they would, you know, get some days off, rest the legs, you know, get ready for March, get ready for the last push of the regular season. And they didn't necessarily do that. They took uh, the day off after the game against Maryland, and then they took off Saturday, but the other days were full practice days, and it was a lot of game situations, like end of half, end of game, uh, like specific, we have the ball up four with blah, 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 or we're down four, and how do we handle these situations, and if, you know, a lot of that stuff that you don't necessarily get a chance to work on all the time during the day, or excuse me, during the season, a lot of that's like a lot of preseason stuff, so... Um, that, and then just, you know, game situations in general, trying to simulate as many different things as possible that they could see. Um, because situational basketball, it's kind of like special teams. It's, you have to it's, – it's a very important part of the, the game. And certainly Wisconsin has not always excelled at end-of-game situations. So it kind of makes sense that they would try and uh, pick up and, you know, improve in that area as they get ready for – 
Indiana, and then obviously in the last three games. Yeah, with um, you know, I, I was playing some of the audio earlier today, but what was Guard talking about? Like the three issues that the Badgers had mm. that they wanted to fix in these, you know, these practices that they're having. What were the three big issues Guard was talking about? It was one of the longest answer. It was the longest answer he gave. I'm sure I broke it down in a couple different clips, but it was like almost three minutes, and it was a. <laughs> I I asked him. They talk about points per possession all the time. That's like if you give up less than one and, and have more than one, that's good. Like they, that's what you want. And I've always wondered, like, what's another stat? Like, what's another defensive stat that they that they pay attention to to determine whether they're playing well defensively? And that's the question I asked. And he didn't really answer that question. <laughs> went and just <laughs> talked about the things that are you know that I mean the defense is part of it, but like he went and talked about. The, the different things that are affecting him. And so the first thing that uh, he thought is affecting him is free throw rate. The other team is shooting too many because they're following too much, which I think we can all agree with. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is they're not shooting the ball as well. They're down 10% in their losses. Uh, they're shooting 10% less from three down in their losses, which is about two less threes per game. And when you're playing games in overtime and you're playing games, uh, tight games that they have had a lot of, I should say a lot of the games have been tight in this little stretch. That makes sense. And then it's also transition buckets. They're giving up way too many in transition. And he said it all kind of plays together, right? Because if you take a bad shot and you miss it, teams can get out in transition, and you're also a lot more likely to foul in transition. So it all comes back. I think it's all interconnected, but those are the three things that he pointed at. You can't just say, hey, play better defense. You have to look actually look into it and develop a plan to figure it out. Now, he said that they painted a picture a very vivid picture of problems and, and to be to the guys and what they have to do differently. Um, but it's also up to the guys to actually go through and do it. Yeah. And I don't know, like I've been, I think pretty critical of, of Greg just because he's, he's kind of talked about how everyone knew, everyone saw these problems, everyone knows these problems, but you know, they haven't actually been fixed. If they put in the effort to try and fix them, and now it's up to the players whether they can actually go out there and act on those those fixes. So that'll be uh, obviously a thing to watch tonight. Yeah, definitely. Well, what about you know? I know he's talking about AJ Store. Now Store, obviously, uh, amazing slasher. The dude. I mean, we thought, saw the dunk, uh, the left-handed one against Maryland. It was a uh, phenomenal. But the threes just aren't dropping, and uh, defensively as well. Um, kind of, uh, I don't want to say a liability, but an issue for Store. What's Carl have to say about Store and trying to uh, ramp his game up defensively? thinks he can be a great defender, but a lot of the things that he's being asked to do right now, he's being asked to do for the first time. Whereas all the, all these other guys that are playing minutes, Stephen Crowell and Tyler wall and, you know, Max Klesmet and uh, Chucky Hepburn and, and all these guys, they've been here for two, three, four years. And they've, they know all the rules and they know that it's kind of just natural for them. And it had, that was never the case or has not been the case for AJ store. So he's still kind of learning on the fly. He's still seeing things for the first time in practice, uh, being asked to do certain things for the first time in practice. He was supposed to like fill this gap uh, at practice the other day, and he, he spun around and he, I think he, get, he missed it. And he, he looked at Greg like, "This coach, is the first time I've ever done this," because huh. uh, Greg probably went off on him. So those, that's that's a process. He's a willing defender, but it's it's not necessarily just hey, go out there, you're a great athlete, just stay in front of your guy. There's there's more to it. Uh, because of all the ball screens that guys are having to deal with and, you know, switches. And it's just not simple, hey, stay with your guy uh, and don't don't leave him. You have to leave him. You have to switch off to other players. You have to fill lanes. So 
that is kind of where um, his struggles have, have been. But guard continues to think he can be a, a great defender, largely because he sees how athletic he is. Like athleticism on defense is a, is a huge helper, but you have yeah. to have so much more than that. Uh, Zach, uh, looking at, you know, there's four games remaining here, uh, obviously starting tonight in Indiana. Now, what, uh, the Hoosiers have lost four in a row. They were chanting, like, fire Wood- Mike Woodson. They didn't, you know, they didn't, they're done with him, I think. I, I don't know if he's probably coaching for his job or if he's not long for the, the Indiana world anymore. But looking at Indiana tonight, I mean, what uh, do they bring to the table that um, could maybe give the Badgers some fits? So obviously Wisconsin beat him earlier this year, but they didn't have uh, Kel Ware, uh, a seven-footer who is, is going to be a problem for them. I mean, uh, Malik Renew had a very good game against Wisconsin the first time around, and him and Ware play really well together uh, in paint. And so I think that, to me, is probably going to be the biggest, how do you, how do you slow it? Because we've seen Stephen Krauss struggle with guys that have been physical with him in the paint, and certainly uh, Ware is, is going to do that. So... Can they hold up? And then it's the other thing we just, you know, the other things we talked about. It's take good shots so you don't have to, you don't have to be in transition very often. Yeah. Take care of the ball so you don't have to be in transition very often. And, and obviously, uh, stop following stupidly. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't have stupid fouls. Don't have fouls that just don't make any sense, which is a lot of what we saw in the last minute of the game against Maryland that made that game closer than it needed to be it was just brain brain farts when he, when it comes to fouls. So there's, those are, I think, again, I've said, and I'll continue to say, I think so much of this last seven games, you know, they've, they won two of them, but so much of it has been Wisconsin inflicting more damage on themselves than the other team yeah. play smart. And that a lot of that is don't foul, don't turn the ball over and take good shots. Those are not things that take talent and Wisconsin for so long, when they've had successful teams really excel at those three things. And they have been a bit of a struggle here in these, these three weeks. No, uh, yeah, speaking of playing smart, yeah. Speaking of Zach Hopper, sports director joining us right now. Speaking of playing smart, you know, also want to play strong down the stretch here, four games remaining, looking for that, you know, top four seed in the big 10 tournament. Zach, what do you think? Uh, use your crystal ball right here. Look into the future for me, if you will, Indiana on the road and then, uh, Illinois and Rutgers at the Cole center. Then you finish the season against Zach Eady and the Purdue Boilermakers at West Lafayette. What do you think in your crystal ball tell you that the Badgers go these next four games? I mean, you would think that this game would be a Wisconsin win, and yet there's nothing that guarantees that, right? Just because of the way that they've played. So um, I think they end up going two and two down the stretch. Whether that's good enough to get a the bye, we'll find out. Luckily for them, they beat Northwestern, so they'll have a, a tiebreaker with them. They beat, uh, they split with Nebraska, they beat Michigan State. They have some tiebreakers that will will go their way if they end up in a in a tie. But I and I haven't looked through that entirely, but I I think two and two. I think either they win, either they lose tonight or they lose Saturday against Illinois. And they beat Rutgers and then they lose to uh, to Purdue. So I think they if they lose tonight, they win Saturday. If they win tonight, they lose Saturday, and then. Uh, they beat Rutgers at home and they lose to Purdue. Yeah, so that would team, be two and two. Home teams in the Big Ten are, are winning at like an insane clip this year. It's it's crazy. But yeah, Indiana. Not just Big Ten either. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like everywhere. How many how many top ten teams have lost? Like more top ten teams have lost to unranked teams this year than ever. And most of those games have come on the road. Yeah, it's it's college basketball is wild. Um, we, you and I were joking around about you know Patino yesterday wearing that all white suit mm. when St. John's took down uh, Creighton. Man, he was looking fly. But Zach, speaking yeah. of um, um, teams going down, I got to ask you, dude. From Jay Billis saying that uh, people should be detained on the court and arrested um, 
to you know people just saying let it happen. What is, where does Zach Heilprin stand on storming the court? I started. To, I, I'm hitting my limit in terms of people trying to take away fun things in games, <laughs> and that it's just annoying. And like, oh, Kyle Filipowski got hurt. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Didn't. You see that tonight? Yeah, he avoided major injury. He just said he's a little he's a little bit sore. Give me a break. Give me a freaking break. Nothing happened to him, and he was limping off like he got his, his Achilles ripped off. Or he, he, someone sliced his Achilles. Like, give me a freaking break. <laughs> oh. And, you know, again, I think it has maybe a little bit to do with Duke. Certainly, oh, that maybe my sure. a little up about that. But it was the same thing with Kate Clark. She didn't get hurt. She flopped. He went down like he went down like she got hit by a truck. Like she initiated and, some oh, contact, and Filipowski initiated contact too. He tried to. Well, he did trip yeah. the guy. He shot them too. You're sore because you stuck your foot out, sir. <laughs> sir. Oh. So you're saying don't arrest people then? Uh, detain them on the court and don't you know put them in the cuffs and uh, put them in the clink. This, as, as so many things do these days, uh, especially on social media, it brings out the stupid in people, and this is just. Uh, trying to react to a situation and trying to fix a problem that does not exist. And it's just so pathetic on a number of levels. Let's blame, let's blame like forest security for not being able to, uh, you know, get guys from, uh, you know, in front of the bench we've seen that in Wisconsin all the time. They're, they're prepared for it. They get the rope out. They get the, they get the permar people out there and they're, they're, you know, yeah. Shuttling guys away from it. It's it, and also kill Kyle Filipowski. You know what's going to happen. You've lost that game, and you're just yeah, yeah. It's uh, taking, it, taking taking a stroll through a park. Like what the hell, man? Well, get off the court. We're in this like little lull of sports right now, right? Like it's there's not much going on. So you got to have the talking heads like overreact, talk about arresting people. And uh, if it wasn't, if it didn't do it on, they didn't do it on Duke. If it was, like another team that lost, they stormed the court. I don't think this would be such a hot button issue. It's it's all the Duke former guys like just trying to simp for the Blue Devils. It's just exhausting now. It's like okay, it, it's what, what's hilarious is you know Jay Billis has been at the forefront of calling for athletes to get you know monetized, right? Like he wants people, not monetized, but he wants, he wants guys to be able to make their money and, and, uh, allow for these people to be paid. Why do you think people, uh, why do you think there's money in this sport? Do you think it's because of you, Jay Billis? It's not because of you, Jay Billis. <laughs> it's because of the people that are passionate about the sport, passionate about college football, passionate about college basketball. And that's the passionate people. Those are the people that are rushing to court. Yeah. Those are the people that are out there showing how much they care about the sport. And you're sitting there telling them to get arrested for being there? Give me a break. It's, the game's it's, over. It's so bizarre. And then Seth Davis come out and said, uh, tweeted out, you know, how can we never see uh, court storms at NBA games? Last I checked, I don't remember an NBA team having a student section. Do you? Do you remember that? Do you ever I, see a student section at an so, NBA it, game? Like, trying to compare the two. It's just not, it's, it, the games are not even close to being the same. They're not, the, they're not same, the same games. They're not the same history. They're not the same environment. Like, it's just so stupid. Like, people just get... Like take stupid juice when they start talking about this yeah. stuff. Like let's take away this stuff. Let's take away that. Let's take away this. Shut up. It's a game. Well, well, have some fun. Exactly. And by the way, for NBA games, okay, um, uh, is there really even upsets in the NBA? They're all pro- millionaire professionals. Now I know you can have like an upset, like the Bucks losing to an eight seed, but that's it's different, right? There's no student section. They're all professionals. And who's who's storming the court for an NBA game? That's it's such an asinine take. Well, how come we don't see it in the NBA? Uh, put them in. It's it is ridiculous. It is so ridiculous, Zach. Um, before I let you go, a question for you. How important is the NFL Combine? It's underway. Uh, Brian Gutekunst is going to be at the podium. How important, though, is the NFL Combine uh, this Proof. week? 
<laughs> right? For who? How important is because Matt because Matt Lafleur says it's not uh, apparently because him and his staff are not there, so they did not go down the and that's the thing like they can watch the workouts on tape they can take place they can take part in these interviews with players virtually so there's really not a, a ton of value I guess for them to go down there the the, the combine and the workouts are I guess important but how many of these guys are actually like the top guys are actually working out it's important for the guys that are like 200 through 300 or 100 to 200, like a guy for like Braylon Allen, like to show up and, and work out. It's important. A guy like Tanner Borlini, it's important. Muma John Met is going to be there. It's vital for him. But like in terms of like what you're going to, um, what you're going to learn and about these guys, I think so much of it is going back to tape what you see in the fall. So um, you're looking at numbers and seeing if the numbers that they put up match what you saw on tape. But for Brian Gutekinds and his staff, it's, it's usually, usually mostly about the tape. Um, and well, you, you have to be a great athlete. You have to be a great athlete. We've seen that with their first round picks. Like they're obsessed with first round picks, right? Like, uh, how, how athletic they need to be. Um, but I don't necessarily think you need to, you, you can kind of see that stuff, um, on tape as well. Yeah. Michigan, what sending, what was it? 18 players to the combine, a record 18 for Michigan and Wisconsin, what three you said? Yeah. Three for Wisconsin. Yeah, three for Wisconsin, eighteen for Michigan. They won. They won the national title for yeah. a reason. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Zach, uh, before I let you go, man, how about this? Now I know you got every streaming service known to man because you're always up to date mm-hmm. on all you know all whatever channel Wisconsin is on. Uh, Peacock tonight for the Badgers, but over the weekend, I gotta get your take on this before I let you go. How in the world? How is this even possible that the Big Ten Network puts on two third of a hockey team? And put Big Ten Plus for number four Wisconsin, take it on number six Michigan State. You got to go to Big Ten Plus to see who's going to win the Big Ten title over the weekend. Can you help me out with this? Like, do you understand the thought process behind the Big Ten Network here of how just egregious so which, this is? Which game? Which game is on the network? It's going to be. Um, it was. Um, I got to get it again quick. Here you go. It's going to be Ohio State, who was last place, and sixth place Penn State. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I, I, I don't, I mean, other than like the BTM plus, I believe is announcer wise. I think it's, um, at least it, ha- it was to an extent with basketball. It's, uh, it's students. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I've, I've, I've seen that. I've heard that. So maybe they don't have the ability to, to switch that out because the ones that are on BTN are their actual BTN. They're like actual professional Announcers. That would be the only reason I could see why you wouldn't want to switch it. But <laughs> so, so otherwise, bizarre. it doesn't make any sense at all, right? Like it's just it's this is to decide the conference title. Hey, this is what it's supposed to be. Saturday night when the Badgers they'll beat Michigan State Friday, and then it comes on to Saturday. Saturday night when the Badgers beat Michigan State, will the fans storm the ice? <laughs> <laughs> Without the boards, if the boards weren't there, absolutely. Just toss you know they would, like, right? I want to yeah, ride the Zamboni, dude. That'd be awesome. Oh, oh, and Zach, I think you can do that. Before I, before I let you go, sorry, I, I wanted to ask you, I forgot, I wanted to ask you a Packers stuff. Uh, David Bakhtiari gone. Do you think uh, uh, Devondre Campbell is gone? And uh, Sports Illustrated talking about trading Jair Alexander. What do you think of those three? Uh, Bach gone, yeah? He, Brian Gugan said this morning, he was talked to, talked to already this morning, said he's not, uh, doesn't have to make a decision yet, so he's not going to make a decision. So I th- it feels like they're trying to do something there, trying to get maybe a pay cut without cutting him, but I think he's gone. Yeah. Um, Devondre Campbell, definitely gone. Yeah, oh yeah. The way that 
I mean, the way that he, what he did in the middle of last season is, is not going to be forgotten. I don't think. Absurd. And then trade Daryl Alexander? No. Yeah. I don't think that happens. Like, why uh, they, they, they hit the cap hit that they would take with the trade would be. Um, it, it didn't wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, Darnell Savage back. Yeah, your name gone. 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 I, I, look, him, Keyshawn. Yeah, Nixon, Keyshawn Nixon. Yeah, your name gone. Like these are guys that they could have um, resigned and then not had the their void years hit the against the cap. They could have had that. I guess it's possible they could be back, but I don't think so. I think those. I think every. I don't think they're going to resign any of the guys that they <laughs> that are out there. Like John Runyon, he's gone. Like all these. I think a lot of the guys that are there's no must sign free agents for them. No. Their own free agents, I'm saying. Yeah. There's not. Yeah. So I think they'll move on. Oh, um and draft wise, Cooper DeJean, Packer, what say you? Won't be there by the time <sighs> the Packers pick. Oh. I, I, like everyone's gonna get focused in on he's a perfect I mean he's a perfect Packer, for sure. Iowa and uh just a ball hawk. It'd be it'd be a great pick, but I just don't think he's going to be there by the time uh, we get to, to April. Well, yeah, you're not usually wrong, but I hope you're wrong in that sense because we'd love the Packers to get him. Zach? I'm wrong all the time. I'm wrong all the time, but uh, that one, that one's suspicious a little bit. Um, well, you're no, you're never wrong, dude. But uh, before this you go, you have Jesse Temple from The Athletic and you. Another camp is out. Did I see that correctly? Yes, we did a camp yesterday talking about the over-under for Wisconsin being at six and a half Ooh. for this fall. The lowest over/under I can remember seeing, and obviously that has a lot to do with what happened last year. But six and a half—that's uh, that. Ten teams have a better over/under than Wisconsin. Ew. All right, Zach. We'll take Nebraska. Really? Yes. Uh, well, I thought of it. Probably has to do with the schedule. But um, wow. All right. Oh, jeez. All right, Zach. We'll check you out. We'll check out Monks and Some Freery Thursday from six to seven for Temple and Heilprint. A must, a must listen. Also a must, uh, must watch in person. So I suggest everyone get out there. See you, handsome fellas. And uh, we thank you for your time. Do Badgers win the night? Yes. That a boy. And Zach, I know you saw the tour bus of Journey. The best I can do for you right now is play you their big hit for your outro song. Okay, buddy, sing along if you feel so inclined. All right. What happened to Tony Soprano? I don't know. Did he die? Was he shot in the diner? I don't know. I'll just keep believing. I don't know. Hey, go get some gabagool for breakfast. We love you, Zach. Later. One of the greatest quotes to ever hit the world was unleashed on us. Absolutely incredible. Amazing. All-timer. 12 years ago, yesterday. One of the greatest sports quotes in history. Take a listen. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And he got it! One of the greatest quotes, not only sports, but in all of history. Who do you think you are? I am. I did it right. Pete Weber, 12 years ago yesterday, one of the greatest things to ever come out of anyone's mouth in the history of the English language. Absolutely incredible. In fact, he speaks on it. I wanted to play this for you, how he how it came to be. Take a listen. Getting up in the 10th, I, I knew if I throw the first one, it's automatic. Uh, 
took my took a lot more time on that shot than I'd probably taken ever. Um, and then uh, actually when I let the ball go, I knew that ball was 10 in the pit when I let it go. It came off my hand clean. It, it reacted to the lane like I wanted it to. And it, obviously it came in a little bit late for the ring 10. But I thought I actually threw the first shot in the 10th better than the second one, even though the second one struck in the 10th. I thought I threw the first one a little bit better. But, you know, when you know you need a strike to win, that's every bowler's dream is to get up in the 10th frame to win the U.S. Open, Tournament of Champions, the National Championships. It doesn't matter. It's every bowler's dream to throw a strike to win. And I got that opportunity, and I took full advantage of it. And I was... I was just ecstatic. I, I really didn't know what to do after that. Yeah, so take us through. Grant Bills, Ebo, you 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 put your headphones on. You're like, what the hell? What the hell is he playing right now? <laughs> it took me a sec. Well, Grant, it's it was yesterday that it happened. Twelve years ago, yesterday. Was that Pete Weber? Oh yeah. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And he got it. Twelve years ago, yesterday. Who do you think you are? I am Grant. One of the greatest things to ever come out of the English language, right there. And it was like an accident, right? Like he, when you, when the, when the uh, adrenaline is flowing, the excitement's flowing. A strike to win it, as he said. Yeah. Well, and I, I started hearing that. I was like, is this Pete Weber? Oh yeah. Um, he would go on to say on the the other video I was playing with him talking about it. Here's here's the inspiration. I had a kid rooting against me during the match. And he was doing it loud enough for me to hear. Again, I had a kid rooting against me. And it kind of made me mad. And people know, don't make me mad on TV because I'll just get better. So a kid inspired Pete Weber. Who do you think you are? I am. That's shades of uh, Aaron Rodgers saying, I own you. Imagine looking a kid in the face and saying, I own you after throwing a strike well, in a bowling tournament. Grant, if you watch at Soldier Field when Rodgers you know, put the belt on and said, I own you my entire career, if you look in the stands, there are w- men, women, and children, children giving Rodgers the bird and talking smack. So I guarantee you, Rodgers probably saw a kid too, and he's like, yeah, that's right. I own you. Tell, your, tell your kids about this one day. Oh, yeah. And your kids' kids. <laughs>